And go. Shit, son, here we go. It's time to tell you the news that you need to know. We're gonna give it to you now. Apropos is the Reading Entertainment Show. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Reading Entertainment Show. I am your co-host, the Cyberpunk Monk. Joining me is Aroa, the Aroa Mikaroa. Today yep. is May 1st, and this is podcast episode 348. Go ahead and say hello, Aroa. Hello. I Yeah, it's... You know, you know how it is. We don't know how to do this. I don't know I, how to do this. Connor's Connor's a professional. I, I mean, I've we've, we've both done like, God, maybe over a thousand podcasts at this point. Yeah, uh, but I don't ever run things. I'm just here. I I also prefer to be the the Andy Richter tile role. I, I I'm not too good at like the speech thing in general. But um, if you haven't noticed, Reeton is not here this week. He went and hopped and skipped and swam and now he's he's over the lake the pond the the ocean and he's he's over in tea land he's over in where the where he, I, I believe he's becoming the new queen is that right uh yeah i think so so we wish him the best of luck uh assuming that that doesn't go well he will probably be back in like i don't know three weeks or so yeah as long as like yeah, because you gotta go through the whole metamorphosis process, and sometimes that rejects, and yeah, then he'll be back. We wish him the best of luck, but we also, you know, assume it's not gonna work out. So, <laughs> when he's ready to come back, we will welcome him with warm, loving arms. In the meanwhile, my question for you, Aroa, is where can we find you, and what have you been playing this week? Of course, it's Aroa.website, as always and forever, uh, as long as I keep paying the bill. Um, and I've been playing, uh, some, some stuff, some, some stuff. How's, how's World of Warcraft been? I, I hear they're balancing the, the blood knight <laughs> or, or something. I, I don't know. I, I saw it while I was scrolling in the, the Newsweek articles. Oh, I'm actually, okay. See, I thought, I thought you just like managed to make a coincidental accurate statement. Because uh, yeah, they're they are balancing Blood Death Knights. Uh, my my brother-in-law, who is who has been maining a Blood Death Knight for the last several weeks, is very upset about that. So good riddance. That should put him in his place. Yeah. Now I'm the king. I'm I'm the fire warlock. I can't remember what my actual subclass is called. But back um, when I played, I was always Daemonologist warlock, which was good until I got into the PvP scene, and then it was good until I got into the, the raiding scene. But I, I liked doing it. I, I had a big Felguard, and he was my buddy. Yeah, And I guess I, now Warlock is all about turning into Illidan, and I don't know, that game's changed so much. I, uh... Yeah, I, I was Demonology last uh, expansion, and then I was Affliction, where I made people sick. Uh, and then it turned out that Affliction was literally the worst class in the game, and so I changed my mind, and I'm a fire warlock, and uh, I am actually the best class for AoE in most circumstances. So, yeah. I think it was, like, the first time that I beat... Do you remember in that tower they had the, the custodian? 
I know what you're speaking of. Yes. It's this is like OG WoW. This is vanilla WoW back in the day. I remember the change from going to uh was it uh, it was I don't remember what the fire was named, but I remember you had the uh like that inferno style spell. Yeah. And the difference between doing shadow bolts and that when you're spec for it was like, "Oh, I might never go back again." Yeah. Yes, it takes 8 seconds to cast, but there its health bar goes. Uh I actually, At least old WoW had a lot of feelings like that. I don't. I have no idea if it's more of that or just waiting WoW, for loading bars now. WoW is now actually more of an action combat MMO. I would argue. Uh, they have they have built the combat to be very fast and pretty responsive. Uh, like you can make the joke that it's that it's watching bars fill up, but the bars are filling up for like maybe one and a half seconds tops. Uh, most things on classes that are actually fun to play are instant cast and like you have shit like the fucking demon hunter that essentially plays like a really weird like uh bayonetta style thing like yeah, yeah it's it's wacky it's really wacky and i can't play melee classes in uh, mythic plus so i don't know what that's like anymore um anyway uh i also tried out that kirby game uh that came the, out. the demo or the actual game the actual game um it's great like impressively great i can't believe how well they managed to translate the kirby formula into 3d without like really losing anything um i haven't played a kirby game all the way through since kirby 64 uh so like i don't really know if there was anything added since then that like i don't know, really like blew anybody away i i remember there was always like a gimmick in each game that came out but like this time around it just it just feels like they took a lot of the good shit from every other kirby game and now it's 3d too and it's great and i'm glad they didn't make it open world uh I didn't know how that was going to work. It's not open world. It's just Kirby levels like it should be. I think if it was open world or even like, I never played it, but the the Super Mario where he's in the, the archipelago, the one that came out for Switch, the Bowser's Fury or something like that, I think that's what it oh, was. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were worried it would be like that, where it's sort of like sub-zones on an open world. And I, too, agreed that that probably wouldn't be the best formula for a Kirby game. No. What's the what's the challenge when you can just get the power you want and then go back to wherever you're going? It might be more fun for some people, but it, it certainly does hinder the challenge that you sort of want in a game like Kirby to keep your interest up. Yeah, and it's not like the easiest game. Like it it's definitely not like super difficult. But the it, it is a game for babies, but it's it, it is still a game for babies. Yeah, but the the challenges that are that are there because every level has uh, a set of additional challenges that are in any other game they'd be like achievements or something, but they're they're essentially like challenge mode things that uh, incentivize you to go back and play through the level again and do something different. Uh, Come and back those... once you get your abilities upgraded, which was an ability I was super excited for in this game. That the demo sort of left me wanting more of. Yeah, uh, the the whole upgrade thing is pretty cool, um, and like yeah, I can imagine 
getting some things upgraded would make a lot of those challenges easier because like uh every level or two that you finish you unlock a couple of time trial challenge stages uh and those are very difficult in some cases to get the par time on uh granny you don't get a huge bonus for getting that par time but it feels good and i've run into a couple now where i'm like i don't understand how this is even remotely possible uh but maybe once i upgrade my abilities it'll be different and that's such a cool thing to be in a kirby game that there's like this upgrade system and like you you're building up a town of waddle d's and that's really cute and like yeah i also really appreciate it does the thing that uh mario odyssey did where like the the developers acknowledged that you were gonna do shit to like try to break the game and like jump into places that you probably aren't supposed to go uh and like there'll be a pickup there it won't be anything major but it's like a little nod from the from the map designer that's like yeah i figured i figured somebody would figure out a way to get up here and that's really cute and i like that i appreciate it it's uh it's it's nice to see a nintendo game that feels like a nintendo game and not like uh a waste of time like splatoon 2 yeah i'm happy to see that every nintendo game seems to have some little bit of like town building the last Paper Mario game, I think, did much the same, too, with uh, Toads. Oh. I, I never actually play played it, it but I, I I think that's the gimmick. Well, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I, I guess you gotta do something like that whenever you're only allowed to use Toads. Like, that's the only character that you're, you're allowed to use, because Nintendo's licensing is fucking dumb. stupid. It's dumb. Nintendo's stupid. I hey, pirated the game, these... by the way. Fuck you. God, that good good for you. I we we make these great characters with personality and lovable traits, and then our managers looks like, mm, yeah, but that doesn't translate well in I don't know Italy. We just kind of make them bland and unimaginative. I I feel like at that point you're hurting your own game. I don't know. I can guarantee you, nobody's going to look back at the Paper Mario Switch game with the same fondness that they look back on. The original Paper Mario or a Thousand Year Door. Love and, the original Paper Mario. And you can't absolutely really because play of the original anymore, characters. No. Yeah, uh, 100%. Like, I, I think you can. I, I think it. The, the original might be on uh, the Switch Online thing if you pay the extra money. How but, well does it emulate? I, I hear that Zelda barely works. Uh, It's better now. They've oh. they've patched the emulator. It works pretty much as you'd expect now, from my understanding. So at least there's that. Very good. Very good. Uh, was there any other games that you played this week? Um, I don't think there was anything I felt important enough to bring up. Uh, was there? No, not really. You can go now. Okay, and I am your your co 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 host, Cyberpunk Monk. This week, I'm trying to kind of think back at what games I played. The the quick ones that aren't really worth getting into are Space Station 13. I play that every week. I'm having a lot of fun just teaching people how to play the game in ways that they didn't know they could play. Like, chemistry lately has been a lot of fun. Especially, like, when you're not a chemist, but you're a bartender. 
and just you know finding ways to be creative in the limited engine that's the sort of thing that game always excels in and that's why i keep coming back to it well i I also whenever you have such organic systems like the fact that chemistry isn't a thing that's for the chemist it's just a feature of the environment is uh, yeah like i think it's a level of freedom that most people aren't used to in a game so they're not going to think about it and something about opening that door for people has been not only enlightening but like enriching that's not a word (laughs) for myself uh let me let me look at it oh right uh the one that i wanted to talk about is i've been playing warhammer 40,000 dawn of war 3 this is the one that is notoriously not good. And here's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to spend like half of my free time that I dedicate to this game to the story and half of my free time that I dedicate this game to the like the multiplayer style. And you know what they did that really shows that this game is a product of his times? There's is... no story? Well, no, I mean, there's a... Whatever, it's Warhammer. You guys are <laughs> shooting at each other. Does it really matter why? But the the multiplayer, the gameplay mechanics. Have, have you ever heard of a game called League of Legends? Oh yeah, it's that. Oh no! Instead of controlling one hero, you control an army, and you can get these these abilities to summon heroes. Uh, each one can have up to three. And uh, yeah, it's League of Legends. You go around, you attack a shield generator, you attack a like a battery thing, and then you can attack their central hub. And you oh. gotta do the same to you, and they gotta defend it. And I. I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not having fun playing it. It's an interesting story. Like, maybe not story. It's it's an interesting mechanic in the way that they tweaked it to make it from a I'm controlling a hero to a I'm controlling a army. Seeing that games like Dota were created very much the opposite, where instead of I'm controlling an army, I'm just controlling the hero. And I don't think it works when you go full circle like that. As the the game is testament to show, it I, I think it had some big aspirations, and when it flopped, they they never got the finish. There's a lot of space where I think they were like, and we'll have new armies later when the game's a big commercial hit. <laughs> oh, we we have skins, and we'll make more skins later. Um, no, 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 you won't. No, <laughs> it, it looks abandoned. It, it probably is. I, I, it probably was abandoned. I seem to recall that it was a miracle that it was published in the first place. So it's it's notoriously the bad one, and I see why. <laughs> uh, that that reminds me of. Um, were you into Command and Conquer? Oh, I love CNC, homie. I, uh, I never got to play the the good one for PC. I played back in like the late '90s, early thousands, but I love Command and Conquer. Uh, so do you remember when, I think it was, I think it was Command and Conquer 4? Uh, is that Tiberium Wars? Or is, yes. Is that the, I, that I know was, of it, but go on. I, I think that was the one where they changed up how units work, where whenever you build a unit, you're not making an individual unit, you're making a squad. And Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, it, it reminds me of that, and and how, like, I think that they... They thought that what it was going to do is, like, make things look cooler because you're going to be building, like, a group of five dudes and be able to send them out. But it gave, I guess, less emotional attachment to those individual units. I don't know. There was something about it that just made it feel less interesting. And, like, 
you didn't have to build units as often, so it didn't feel like you were building a big army, even whenever you were. And, and like, I don't know, it just it cheapened the value of each individual unit, and I think that hurt it quite a bit. And I, sure. I recall that sentiment coming about. And it seems like the... you're, you're going to have that kind of problem in a game that's trying to be League of Legends, but you're controlling a squad of units. And you can customize this squad a little bit. You have your, your melee experts, you have your ranged experts, and it seems like all the heroes kind of follow the same formula. They have a Q ability that they could use to, like, interrupt squads and, you know, stun them so they stop shooting or they get interrupted or whatever. And then they have a W that's either an AoE attack or an AoE shield. And it it doesn't have the diversity that... I would want in a game like this. And when you simplify the formula in the way that you do in this, and when you simplify the formula in the way that you do in Command & Conquer 4, when you blunt the edges of the process in that way, you really take away from the entire experience. And it's a little unfortunate. This yeah. game has promise. It's just... I don't want to say it's bloated. It's the opposite of that. It's it's barren. It's not yeah, done. I think you're I think you're on the right track there. It's, it's like they try, they try to do too many different things. And they should have focused on what would have been a, a fun multiplayer experience in the same vein as the rest of the game. Yeah. And that was really the only reason I wanted to bring it up. It's I, I got opinions about it. I'm just not quite sure I could voice them the way that I want to yet. Other than that, I've been playing the Star Wars Lego game on Nintendo Switch. That's what I play. Like I, I've been on call again this week. I we're down like 33% of our staff. It's ridiculous. So I drew the short straw this week. So whenever I've been having to go in, like if I need to update a system and it's going to be down for 30 minutes, you better believe I'm playing Lego in the server room <laughs> like a good employee. But playing these games, uh, specifically, I just finished the, not the original trilogy, but like the original that is in like the, the first three. I finished those three games, which caused the me to... prequels. Yeah, the prequels. Not 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 Empire and Last Jet, but the Phantom Men anyways, you know which ones. <laughs> God, I hate Star Wars. It's it's not my world, and making uh, finishing these games made me go back and not watch the movies themselves, but instead watch the Red Letter Media reviews of them. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so you watch the, the what the Plinket reviews? Yeah. Yeah. These are already uh, th this is already a world that I'm not the biggest fan of and I'm sorry if you're a Star Wars fan. It's just it's not my jam. And listening to somebody just tear into it in the way that is done for comedic effect in the way that it is was very soothing. It was a very full circle end to the unfortunate experience that is the original prequel movies. I'm going to start playing through four. Uh, I, I did start playing through four. That is, I'm not very far yet. I'll probably play more either tonight or tomorrow before my shift starts i have i mentioned that this is like the best game for switch uh no but i believe it it's so good it's it's so good for just short bursts of playing game because i mean like that I, I wish i could sit down and play games for like four hours at a burst like what it takes to actually complete one of these and not the whole game but like one of the chapters in a sitting i can't though but i could do 15 minutes here and there and that's what the Switch is uh, is good for. That's what it excels in. And I'm looking forward to... I, now that Reeton actually has a Steam Deck, I keep on asking. I'm like, hey, install this and see if it works for me. <laughs> yeah, I, it seems like the Steam Deck is going to be 
a really massive boon for the the busy gamer it's happening i'm seeing it happen before my eyes and golly gee willikers is it going to be a good thing for my nostalgia man i can't wait until we have more uh what is it ultra portable pcs whatever Mm -hmm. the hell and we're gonna have we're gonna get clamshells back and they're gonna fit in our pockets and it's gonna be great it's gonna make me happy could i offer an alternative what's that augmented reality i don't need a clamshell i just need a display (sighs) yeah well i guess but in that case you're gonna have to carry around a controller or something yes i guess it's fine too but (laughs) the the major thing is i want something that can fit in my pocket we're getting close homie we're getting there yeah i know we're 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 like right on the cusp we were we were so getting there back in like 2003 and then like i think because of macbooks i I don't know what else it could have been it was like like macbooks and like blackberry or something like that something threw everyone off of that and we decided instead we were just going to do traditional pcs and that ultra portable pcs just weren't an option and now we're finally getting back there well i know people who just don't have computers in their home they you know they use tablets or whatever the the idea of the personal computer not being something that's in your house, but is just something you carry around with you is a concept that I'm ecstatically excited for. Yes. And, I mean, we're, I'm basically already there. I, I carry my, my surface with me basically everywhere I go. So, you know, the, the difference between putting that in my backpack and putting that in my pocket is negligible. Yeah. And now, now that we have the levels of power efficiency that we do have, in portable computing because of course that was the other problem is that like you'd, you'd have an intel atom processor that was essentially like a 1.8 gigahertz single core processor and like that couldn't do jack shit uh, but, word. but it was it was the only way that uh that you'd be able to get more than half an hour of battery life in in a product that small that was how we ended up with netbooks right but mm. Now we've made leaps and bounds since then, and we're only yeah. going to continue moving forward. And it's going to be good. It's going to be cool if it's not overpriced, which oh, it will be. It will be. We know it will be. Before we start going into my stories, the one last topic I want to bring up to everybody is a actual play first edition Pathfinder podcast that I do called Clinton's Core Classics Rise of the Rune Lords. I work pretty hard on it, and I would just be so delighted if you checked it out. Anywhere you find podcasts, you could find it. Rise of the Rune Lords, Clinton's Core Classics. With that, uh, let us begin. The first story that we will be bringing up this week is going to be Bless Unleashed, a PC video game, is becoming a blockchain pay-to-earn MMORPG. So my first question is, Aroa, are you familiar with the Bless IP? Mm, vaguely. Like, I, I seem to recall... <sighs> what. Was that one of the MMOs that used to have like ads everywhere online? Yeah, it's a it's a free to play MMO. It it had a a cash shop model, okay. but I do believe it was also ad fed. Well, no, I mean like um like they 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 would have ads on like every website that you would go to. Like, oh, I see. Um, maybe, maybe it's uh, maybe I'm thinking of something else, but it's technically a Korean suite, so not that they couldn't advertise here, but. It'd be a little oh. out of their ballpark, I guess. 
It's published by NeoWiz? Yeah. How crazy. No wonder it's kind of kind of a little money grubby. <laughs> well, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, Bless Unleashed, which is the, I guess, the sequel or the reimagining, whatever, the, the, the latest iteration in the Bless IP line, is going to end up being a pay-to-earn blockchain MMO, which seems a little ridiculous to me. <sighs> Apparently, Valfo can be counted amongst the other studios that are being seduced by the siren song of crypto and play-to-earn schemes. They had a press release from the company that confirms that Bless Unleashed will integrate with the WeMix platform in an attempt to transform into a play-to-earn title. Now, before the podcast, I went and checked out the WeMix platform. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw my show notes or not. It's it's utter garbage. What a surprise. It's, it's mobile games that have JPEGs of your favorite cryptos. <laughs> you know, even the term pay-to-earn just sounds like a fucking scam and it is it is what in the so i'm i'm looking at this okay so th this mirror four all right the logo just looks like neo but it, like like you could you could just replace the logo here mirror four with the neo logo and i'd think that it was like a new neo game yeah, uh I'm Bird Tornado. Right now. Oh, that uh, is the one. I was just going to bring that up. That's just Angry Birds with your favorite NFT snapped in front of it. Yeah, like, for fucking real. What it, This is... Very half-baked. I'd be... Who's investing in this? People who don't know any better, I guess? That is the, that is the only group of people who is investing in NFTs in general. It, it's just people who don't know any better. Or people who are very desperate, which I'd argue kind of fits into the same thing. According to the presser, Wemix is looking to expand its gaming arm and work with publishers who want to create pay-to-earn games as a part of an overall plan to service 100 games on their platform by the end of the year. So that's right. They are offering people money to infect their intellectual properties with literal cancer. <laughs> it, and it's just, it's so fucked that, like, it's going to work. It's probably going to work. Like... Uh... I, I think of the short term. There's going to be a very quick short term. That's bang, all they need, man. And then it's going to sizzle out. It's going to sizzle out hard. That, that's all they need, though, because that's that's all that crypto is. It's just a pump and dump. It's the biggest pump and dump scheme in history. Like, I, I and I, it's sad because I do think that there are individuals in the crypto scene who truly believe in the concept, and they're just too naive or too misguided or just just being misled into what crypto is right now like like they 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 think that they're building the future of cash flow and in reality they're just building a giant money laundering scheme you're you're buying access to a url i i guess is the the most monday way of looking like if you're not trying to look at what's happening behind the scenes. You're not even buying access to it, man. You're just, you're buying a coupon that says that you own it. But you're not even really buying ownership. Like, it, it's, it's just... You're buying uh, your name on a pointer. Yeah, like, I, to, I don't... To, to get a little bit behind the scenes, that's 
that's about <laughs> as complex as you need to know. Yeah, like you, it adds it adds your unique ID to the blockchain ledger, and that's pretty much it. Like it doesn't give you rights to anything. If you're at the end of that blockchain ledger, congratulations. Until you sucker someone else into doing it. Right. Uh, I. I know that this is this is playing off of people's memories of uh, things like Eve Online and those other MMOs that I don't think are really around anymore. Where it's like, I players lost ten thousand dollars in this online battle in Eve Online because of all the Plex that got destroyed or whatever. Like, I know that that's that's what people are dreaming of whenever they see this shit. But in reality, like, if you're having to buy in to this platform and it's promising that somehow you're going to make more money in the long run. That's not how an economy works, bro. That's a scheme. <laughs> like the, the, the very foundational concept seems broken to me. And it's just sad that so many people are going to fall victim to it. And I am sure that many, many IPs that we care about are going to fall into it too. I, I'm waiting for Konami to say that they're jumping in on this because you know it's going to happen. They're going to they're gonna make like some fucking like Metal Gear NFT collection or something. And Could I offer another option? They will say they will do this. They will receive massive backlash and they will go, ha ha, no, we were just kidding. Ha ha. I could see Capcom do doing that. I could see I could see almost every other big publisher doing that. Konami doesn't give a shit. Konami's like we will sell access to our NFGs that you can only get in a Plinko machine. Yeah. <laughs> like that is that their their pachinko machines will start dispensing uh, yeah. NFT coupons. At a Plinko machine. You know what I mean. Uh, same same difference really. One uses ball bearings, the other one uses a plastic puck. So this scheme, oh, I'm sorry, I'm misreading the article. This agreement, this article being uh, massivelyop.com, by the way. This agreement with Bless Unleashed is noted as being specifically wanted by Valfo, who is the publisher slash developer of the game that I took over from Neowiz in January. The mm. console version is still developed by Round 8 Studios and is published by Bandai Namco, so it's presumably they're not included in the deal as of yet. Like you I mentioned, I... I don't think that would work on consoles because you'd have to be able to get around uh, whatever the, the platform holders want. And I can't imagine that they'd want any game like this to be on their platform without them getting a cut. Uh, that was specifically the thought that I was having is how do they get their hand in the slice? And the only solution I can think of is you buy it from the Microsoft store or you yeah. buy it from the PlayStation store or whatever. But they don't have that built out yet, so... We won't. Yeah. We probably won't see that until uh, the next gen of consoles, whenever they're then, like. It has an integrated Bitcoin miner. And you know, if they do that, God, I hope they don't do that. But you know, if they do that, they would have like the American version of the console because places in Europe are not going to be cool with that. That is very true. So there's a couple barriers keeping this from happening that don't really exist on PC. So... Yeah, I guess that makes it the perfect platform unless you're doing it on, like, mobile or something like that. So specifics on what this integration will entail are not included in the press release, but the game's social media, Steam, uh, the official site, uh, the, the actual announcement itself, it's full of the usual gleeful statements that 
are given from involved executives. <laughs> Various contents and the sense of freedom that can be experienced in Bless Unleashed create a synergy with the blockchain ecosystem, says some jerk who doesn't really know what he's talking about. <laughs> we hope to we hope to present a special experience for users by onboarding the WeMix platform, which I think when we translate that means you could download your own skins and use them on TF2. We can't wait for you to give us even more money as we onboard the WeMix platform. You know what it's going to be is you're going to get an NFT that like is your sword. And when people want it, they're going to say, well, if you give me, I don't know, 3,000 WeMix fun bucks, I will <laughs> give you this sword. And, and, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, you're right. Like at the end of the day, all it is is just a, a, a market akin to the Steam marketplace, but with extra steps because it has to go through the fucking Ethereum blockchain and cost like 10 times as much in gas fees. I don't understand the, the benefit of restricting a cryptocurrency by something like a video game market. Look at this thing that has value in a video game market. And I know this is ironic because we're talking about the value of bits. None of this is actually valuable. You're all stupid. That's well, hearsay. But, you know, if you really think about it, though, money in general, currency doesn't have any inherent value. The gold standard hasn't existed in, in centuries. And if you want to have this discussion, this is a discussion I'm equipped to have. Uh, and... <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the answers to, to fix these problems. I, mean, I, uh, I don't agree with the, with that sentiment. So, I mean, I, I don't even know how to argue it because it's like, it, yeah, but that's like society has, has fucking cash money and that's, right. that's just how it works. Like you can't just come in with your fucking digital currency and say it's worth something and, and then like, you're just trying to dig a different hole but it's still yeah. just a hole in the ground we already have a big hole in the ground we don't need two we're gonna fix it by controlling this hole in the ground who controls it nobody it's it's centralized <laughs> and uh i i don't actually know yeah yeah i figured yeah like, uh, and, and go on no no I mean... as you can imagine the reports of the game have ranged from the apparent investor falling in love with it to everyone else just horribly riffing on it online. I, uh, I, it, I don't think anyone who actually gives a shit about the game would care about this. Well, the, the one of the comments is uh, that the people are making is the people who are actually like interested in the bless IP are sort of getting slapped in the face by all this. The, the, the product is purchased by another IP. It shifts to a, a whole new marketing stratagem. And if this was something that you were either invested in, because, I mean, it certainly had investment opportunities, or if it was just an ecosystem you were already building up, you are now being told, play by our rules or leave. And yeah. it's not take what you have and leave. It's leave it behind. Sucks to suck, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> I just, I don't like how that's becoming video games. Or anything for that matter. Nothing should be structured around that kind of 
uh, model. You, you shouldn't be able to purchase something. And then down the line, they say, well, let's put a, a marketing twist on this. And, and you know, we'll, we'll charge you 10 bucks a month or 100 bucks a year or something like that. And it's like, well, I already paid for it. And they're like, yeah, I'll pay for it again. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. That's uh, that's that's the summary. Uh, we hate it. <laughs> You're gonna hear that a lot more, because as it turns out, things are not getting better. No, uh, dude, I think there is a better transition, but let's let's cheer up the mood a little bit. Uh, magnetic storage is back and better than ever. Yeah, magnetic storage is fucking great. I couldn't agree more on anything except for, I don't know, processing speeds. Oh, it's it's unbelievably slow, uh, but but you, you're not gonna lose it if somebody breaks into your network, and it, it's compact as hell, and Very. it'll just sit in a fucking box for thirty years and be fine. It is portable, it is durable, and it's seeing record breaking sales as ransomware attacks increase. Data being backed up to a take is hard for someone to steal or budget away like if they're not on site physically holding it they might not actually have any way to access it yep because if you have a physical air gap then uh it's kind of hard to hack that and this article comes from techspot.com in a nutshell you might remember back in the days when magnetic tape was the only option for computer storage uh, did you have anything that you know had something akin to a floppy, a uh, an LTO device? Uh, I mean, I I had computer that only do floppy, but I don't even Nothing know like if a I Commodore would... or anything. No, that was that was before my time. The the closest so... I have is a Tandy that doesn't actually have uh any permanent storage whatsoever. Yeah, no permanent storage whatsoever. It just has a ROM. So hard disk drives replaced magnetic media state decades ago because of their speed. And now solid states are really quickly posed to do the exact same thing to hard disks. It's a bit really of a precisely. misnomer, though, isn't it? Uh, yes, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> it's like However, hard disk drives are magnetic, bro. Right. They just operate differently. Yeah. Uh, however, it's, it's not a tape. Anyways, um, linear tape option... <laughs> Linear tape open LTO devices, which came out in the 1990s, are still used by a lot of companies. Yeah. Today, LTO drives are primarily used as backup storage because they're far too slow to be used for anything else, really. But a typical use case is you start a backup at the end of the workday, and a couple hours later, overnight, it completes or whatever, and it's done. That's that's it. You don't need to worry about it anymore. It's on it's on tape. You might be thinking to yourself that if you're working with tape, you might not have actual, like, you know, you think back in the day when tapes would fill up whole rooms and that's like kilobytes of space. Uh, these LTO devices are nothing like ancient Commodore cassettes, though. No. The latest LTO 9 cartridge can hold up to 45 terabytes. Yeah, and, and that's... It, uh, it uh, looks like it's a cassette tape. Like it, one that you put in your car. Uh, it's It's a about that size uh to my memory because I've, I've looked into purchasing i think an lto6 drive um and the the size of the actual cartridges hasn't really changed a whole lot uh just the way that they pack the data 
has 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 changed and they've been able to get a lot more density on those cartridges uh it's, super impressive yeah it it is amazing uh just how much they can pack in there but yeah they're they're about maybe like the size of your of like a like a small cell phone and it, i guess just an audio tape is probably an apt comparison really but uh you do have to have the special uh tape drive which usually costs upwards of five to ten thousand dollars depending i imagine the lto9 devices are in the the at least a dozen dozen dozens of thousands of dollars but uh whatever itself is sort of a a blessing because if you don't have that that data is no use to you yeah uh and you like lto is not like compatible between generations as far as i'm aware so you have to specifically have an LTO nine drive to be able to read these, um, but like you you get one of those and then a cartridge might be at least in the case of LTO nine probably like a hundred bucks, and you compare that to hard drives where like you might be able to get like a like a Seagate drive or something that's eight terabytes for a hundred bucks that's a that's a pretty big difference but think about the vulnerability yeah from that that, from that standpoint alone like depending on what data you're working with how secure it is that might make this a no-brainer yeah if you're just i don't know collecting data for an app or something like that yeah whatever a disc is fine if you're doing i don't know like i know um military practices a lot of their linux-based systems that are you know completely quiet they will use things like tape because break into a facility. What are you going to do? Take the tape. Right. And what? And like for cold storage, like just for record keeping, this, this sort of shit is fantastic. Cause again, like you don't have, you don't have as much of a concern of like bit rot on magnetic yeah. media uh, because of just the way that these these tapes are made the way that they work physically they're not going to decay in quite the same way as other forms of of storage and as long as you keep them you know secure you know you don't keep them in like a a salt cave or something i've been using these tapes as a coaster and it's been working great yeah maybe don't maybe don't do that uh, but they're they're super portable they're they're super energy efficient comparatively yeah they're just really really slow like i would even say that it depends on on how much data you're backing up like overnight isn't even necessarily enough time uh, if you're filling a tape Uh, obviously you're going to be probably doing incremental backups but i'm sure that 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 first like 45 terabyte backup yeah it's going to take like a week uh, <laughs> you will uh you will you will turn that on you will start the process you will go on vacation and <laughs> hopefully you don't have to come back and it, another nice thing with this too is that like having off-site backups is pretty easy because you can just copy the tape and mail it off and considering it's just all in a in a plastic shell you can put it in you know an attache case or, or some other little little plastic or metal vault 
and send it through the mail and it's it's going to be fine. You don't have to worry about things like with uh, traditional hard drives. You know, it gets jostled around a little too much and oh, suddenly the arm's seized and now it's fucking useless unless you pay somebody a thousand dollars an hour to open it up and take the platters out. That one you actually could use as a coaster at that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's really cool. Um, I I don't know why it says that like LTO is not intended as a primary backup solution. I'm like why the hell not? I guess it's uh, I guess they're saying yeah. I guess they're saying that like you should be backing up your hot data to like a cloud provider. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, it does make sense because you have yeah yeah. Uh, when it comes to data storage practices, you have hot data and warm data and cold data. And uh, hot data is data that you're going to be accessing on a daily basis. Warm data is data that you're going to be accessing within a year. And cold data is stuff that you're going to be accessing less often than that. I'm, like, I'm having flashbacks to business meetings. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. Because um, it also probably means that uh, LTO6 drives, which is really all that you need if you're going to be hoarding data yourself uh going to get even cheaper uh probably i i would be looking forward to seeing reverse a bit like, like i don't know how compatible reverse tapes are with newer hardware they're not but if, i figured not at all so i guess you really just want to find the tape that works for you and mm -hmm. works for the amount of data that you need to back up and go from there yeah, and I I want to say LTO six is somewhere around like ten terabytes. Uh, yeah, if you're on a if you're HB, if you're IBM, or if you're doing quantum computing or something like that, maybe you want this LTO nine. Sure. If you're just doing this as a hobby, LTO six is probably perfectly compatible. Yep, you, I can I could just have a cartridge that's nothing but every PS two game ever, and that's uh that's what I want. Yeah, and that's what we should have. Because it's 2022 and that console is like almost 30 years old now. Yep. Everyone should have one. Everyone should have a cartridge with every PS2 game ever on it. In their pocket at all times. At all times. They're entitled to it. Really, the government should be mailing them out. Uh, it comes with your birth certificate and your social security card. And here is your copy of Final Fantasy VII. Yep. This is, uh, this is ridiculous. We're getting off topic. Speaking of things that everybody should have from like 30 years ago, did you hear what's happening to Pro Tools? <laughs> I was like, which one are we going into? Because I don't understand what this segue is. It, it could be either, but I landed it. <laughs> uh, so I do know Pro about Tools Pro Tools. Is now only available as a subscription service. There are three plans. Uh, the lowest starts at $10 a month or $99 a year. And uh, th did you hear that song that I played for us at the beginning here? Mm-hmm. What, what did you think about that? Uh, surprisingly competent. For So here's the secret. I made that at 3 a.m. Uh, in Audacity in about 15 minutes. Oh. It shouldn't take $10 a month or $100 a year to do something like that. <laughs> what Pro Tools is saying, on the other hand, is what if it did? It, you know, and now that I'm reading this, it's even more offensive than I thought it's because good. it's not just a subscription model a la Adobe. It's a tiered subscription model. It's pretty bad. And I think the, 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 the top one, the stuff that it offers, obviously you're doing that if you're like in a studio, 
and it's expensive, but I guess that makes sense. But well, the yeah, middle but, tier and the, the bottom like, tier are like offensive. It, Pro Tools being a tiered thing in the first place is offensive to me. Like, yeah. and and the thing with that is like, okay, I, I get that whenever. So it, it's funny that this came up because I was recently like, you know, I, I want to like start doing videos again and you know, DaVinci resolve is fine, but I'm curious as to what other options are out there. And, uh, Avid was always one where I was like, you know, professionals use that. That's, that's something like you see featured films that are shown in theaters, they are edited using Avid Media Composer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. Uh, they have a free tier for Avid Media Composer called Media Composer First. Um, it's awful, but it's also something where it makes sense that it's awful because it's for somebody who's like never edited before and they just want to see if they if if it like clicks with them. Uh, it's it's like barely more feature filled than than iMovie, but hey, it runs on Windows, unlike iMovie. Um, but you can also just buy a perpetual license of the fully featured Avid Media Composer, and I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. I didn't expect that. I would have thought they did a they would have done a subscription model like every fucking body else. Uh, and so I I happened to look at Pro Tools at the same time, and that was still whenever they were doing perpetual licenses. I was like, wow. That's great. I'm so happy that Avid's doing that. Uh, but now it's just, you got to pay a subscription model. And the the lowest tier of $10 a month uh, is limited in very much the same way that the shitty version of Media Composer is. You get... It just, it didn't seem like enough. <laughs> like, you, you get... Uh, use of more than a hundred plugins and hundreds of virtual instruments and loops, which I don't like. Is, does that mean that it has a bunch of VSTs that are included in the in the thing? It must mean that because it also says that you only have thirty-two audio tracks, thirty-two instrument tracks, and sixty-four MIDI tracks. Which I'm sorry, like that's just offensive it's offensive to me that you would you would artificially limit the capabilities of your program based on how much i'm paying every month no yep. uh, no other software like this that i can think of does that they want to use your own give me money <laughs> like um uh not sony vegas uh magic's vegas which is just sony vegas uh, recently went through like a rebranding thing and now they're a subscription model but you know what they still have two distinct video editing products one is the one for babbies one is the one for for professionals and uh there are tiers to the subscription model but each higher tier doesn't add more functionality to the base product it adds more products so you get like a photo editing software, you get audio editing software as you pay more money. That makes fucking sense. They're not artificially just limiting what you can do in the software. Uh, to be a more apt comparison uh, with, a, with the case of a DAW, uh, FL Studio, which mind you, FL Studio, last that I checked, 
uh, is still and has always been a buy it once piece of software. And that's not buy it once and get access to all the updates for that major revision of the software. If you bought FL Studio back in 2002, you can still get the current version of FL Studio for nothing because you already paid for it. They make their money from VSTs, which makes sense because the VSTs are like what actually enable you to do shit. <laughs> like they're, they're, they're the virtual instruments. Right. The um, doll is just the platform. The VST is what allows you to actually have creative influence. Right. But like FL studio, that, that isn't to say that FL studio doesn't like add new features to the DAW, but they don't charge you for those features. You. Yeah. And, and if you want to use somebody else's VSTs, go, f go fucking right ahead, whatever. But either way, you're not paying every year or every two years or every month for nothing, marginal improvements, which is like the case with Premiere. Um, every once in a while, I will look at Premiere's uh, feature set because I'm like, well, now that they're on this subscription thing, like certainly they're going to be offering more improvements over time, right? Uh, nope. And the answer is... Uh, Adobe Premiere has fucking stagnated for the last, like, four or five years. I, I genuinely can't think of the last time they added a feature that was like, wow. Let me ask you a question real quick. Why would you innovate that product if you're getting guaranteed money from it? And, it, yeah, there you go. I Like, you, you still have people out there, I absolutely guarantee you, that are still using Premiere CS6. And, and mind you, there are things in Premiere Creative Cloud that are improvements over Creative Suite 6, but you can just have a perpetual license for that. And the thing is, the difference between CS6 and CS5 and CS4 is, like, massive because Adobe had to incentivize you to buy the new product. Now they don't have to because they know that they have locked in every fucking YouTuber in the fucking world who's, who's willing to pay for a video editing software, they, they've locked all those people into their platform. That's also why they do so much to push because the, the, the main thing that they seem to keep wanting to innovate on is collaboration tools. That's also what magics is pushing because they're just trying really hard to be premier, even though they have vastly inferior products. Um, or, sorry, they, they want to be Adobe, rather. But mm -hmm. um, what they they want you to do is get your entire team working on their product so that way you can't change to another company. Because, like, while maybe your your video editor uh, wants to, to jump ship, like, your, uh, your FX guy is using after effects for everything and the way that your workflow is built, you're just giving him the premiere save file and he's importing that into after effects. And then he's sending back all, uh, he's sending back all of his work and you're able, and the editor is able to open that in, in premiere and like everything is just right there. Like it, your, your entire collaboration workflow is built up around that. So you can't get out and like, I would not be surprised if like 
that's what Avid's going to try to do because they're going to inevitably make Media Composer a subscription-only thing. Like, that that all this ever does is just create lock-in, like vendor lock-in, and then allow them to sit back and just let the money roll in without them actually doing anything to keep you on their platform. I mean, the best case scenario is somebody makes an open source alternative that really spikes, but we all know that's not going to happen. No, there are a couple of promising video editing tools. Um, uh, what is it? Caden uh, Live. Uh, there was uh, Olive. I know some they just people don't think have has the, promise, but they, yeah, they, they just don't have the same level of of utility that would be needed for like an enterprise level no. entry. Now, uh, I mentioned Blackmagic uh, DaVinci Resolve earlier. They are one that is in an interesting position with the way that their business model works. Similar to how FL Studio works, they don't really make their money on their video editing software. Where they make their money is on hardware. They make all of that, all of the like big like mixing boards and like a physical knob that you turn and all that sort of shit, as well as a lot of professional video cameras, black magic makes those. And that's where they get all their cash, which is why you can buy DaVinci resolve for $300. And I can't remember if that is a major revision license or if it is a permanent license. I don't know, but either way, they make a new major revision like every several years. So you're inevitably going to be saving a ton of money versus anything else. And plus, if you don't need anything that's in the new version, you can keep using the, the one that you have. Yeah, you don't have right. to. You don't have to upgrade. And you don't have to pay every month for it. It's great. Uh, and I'm I'm just using the free version of it because they have a legally free version. And it's great. It's also the only software that I have found so far that will accept MKV files without any trouble. And it imports all the audio channels because I record like uh, six different audio channels in everything because I'm fucking weird. But like, I, th I think you're, you're going to see like this, this big split between companies that do it like how DaVinci and, and FL Studio do it. I can't remember. ImageLine is the company that, that does FL Studio. You're going to see that. Uh, and Final Cut Pro, that's, you know, they still exist. No one uses them professionally. No one. Um, but then you're also going to see other companies like Avid who are like, why aren't we doing a subscription plan? And they're going to do this. And I am curious to see which one, not necessarily is more commercially successful, but which side creates the more i guess the Useful more product yeah the, the better product and as of right now i'm still seeing the non-subscription products are pretty fucking good it's going to be the one that has reason to continue improving exactly jumping way far ahead in this article from engadget uh the the most damning thing of this all which you lightly touched on is those with the perpetual pro tool license uh they their their exports their support's just over. They can contact the support line to get back on a current software update license and like upgrade their plan. But that means that, that if they want access to their tools, they now need to sign up to the subscription. That's so fucking get fucked. disgusting. Awful. It should it 
I, I, I certainly hope that some legal turnout comes from this. And I have a feeling something in the U is going to be like, well, you purchased access to, you know, version 8.0.1 or whatever. And this is 8.0.2 and further that we're upgrading. And that, it, yeah, it you're exactly that right. Way. That's, that's what's going to that happen. Way. It shouldn't. No. But that's the world that we live in. You don't own anything anymore. Just a license to it. I'm waiting for the day that you get hired in the place and you're expected to have your own software licenses. Oh, God. Or like they they take they it's it's kind of like benefits where you, you get signed on and you're like well you can either either get your own software or we can take twenty five dollars out of your paycheck uh, to pay for your software is whatever we, you want to do. Or bring your own device, bring your own license. That, Byol. Yep, it's coming. Uh, I I don't like the future. I I wish we could go back to a time where things were simpler. And everyone was happy. A time where we had dreams and we were entertained by by cartoon characters. And oh, hey, would you look at this? Disney is announcing a life sim called Dreamlight Valley with multiplayer potential. All right. Have you seen the video for this article that was posted by Massively OP that Reed shared for us to talk about? I haven't seen anything on this because I fundamentally hate Disney. Yeah. Um, so me too. Now what I will uh, so, say, uh, all right, can you can you tell me? It's gonna be this is gonna sound kind of weird. Can you tell me how old these characters look to you? Yeah, how old do these um, characters look. I, I have some opinions on that. If you look at the photos, notice yeah. that the only one who's not like supermodel looking is just the fat kid that they have. The rest are like Disney esque people, and and I mean that like Disney Channel esque. Right. They don't look real. Not only because the cartoon characters, no, like they these don't look like real personality people. No, but so but it, also like, is it okay for me to call the 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 one chick in the in the main photo thick with two C's? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I I think that's perfectly acceptable. Okay, because they, they look like they they look like they could be anything between teenagers and like twenty somethings. And it, it's still okay for me to call a 20 something thick. So, no, these, except for the aforementioned fat kid, which just looks so out of place next to all the rest of them. These look like early to mid 20 something influencers. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I guess is probably like what they're simultaneously trying to market towards because they know, they know who bought Animal Crossing. Did you like Life is Strange? Well, have that same feeling in our Disney world. I love that Nathan talked about Life is Strange last week, so you're directly throwing shade on him. I, I sure am. <laughs> so if your wildest dreams involved Goofy, uh, Disney, Pixar, Stardew Valley, and The Sims, then strangely <laughs> enough, you're in luck. What the fuck is wrong with you, for one? For, yeah, first off, you're, you're on too much cough syrup. Please go back to bed. <laughs> Uh, Gameloft and Disney have announced a new quote-unquote hybrid life sim called Dreamlight Valley for PC and consoles. This free-to-play title will send gamers on adventures oh, through no. Disney and Pixar's many worlds as they go on adventures, make virtual friends, and build up a home. While the title initially will be single-player only, Gameloft says that it's working uh, on game multiplayer elements in the future. Did you see my, my comments for this? 
I, I did see that you said uh, it'll be on Game Pass, it looks like. I don't, yep. I don't know so, what else you said. Not only is it free to play, but it's going to be marketed towards people who already have like games just coming to them. Yeah. This is going to be flooded, flooded with people who are just going to be, oh man, that's pretty sus. Amogus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What are they thinking? And the answer is they're not thinking because it's Game Loft. So, wait, is it? It is. So, yeah, okay. I was like, wait, so it, it's supposed to be like Animal Crossing-esque, but is it actually like multiplayer? But they do imply that, don't they? They're implying that there's going to be multiplayer features. And I, so I watched the video and I looked through all the screenshots. Is this going to be like Club Penguin? Yeah, I think this is more going to be like a, a more customizable Club Penguin with, uh, what's the right word? Disney and Pixar experiences? Yeah. You, you go to the Lion King world and you, you, you see the the short clip of someone doing a Lion King thing. And then that's it. The magic is gone. You, you do that again with all of your other favorite IPs. And I'm playing uh, a game where you go in star worlds where star Wars worlds as a Lego figure. And it's basically the same goddamn thing, but this is a little less goal oriented. This is just look at the thing. I, Wasn't that nice? Maybe, maybe they'll, like oh wait no title is initially going to be single player only never mind there's not going to be anything cool in this at all because i was like the multiplayer is going to be go visit your friend's islands right like i was i was thinking okay well if it's going to be like club penguin then hey it'd be kind of cool if you know you had like mini games that you could play with your friends like like just mario party grade little mini games like you go to you go to little mermaid world and it's like, oh, you're going, uh, the, it's a whirlpool. Get all the coins. Get more coins than your friends. Like, whatever. Except uh, I don't even think it's going to be coin-oriented. It's just, look at this whirlpool. Remember yeah. that time in that Disney movie where the whirlpool? <laughs> yeah, like, that really is all it's going to be, huh? And then, like, it looks like there might be some kind of, like, Farmville-type aspect. Because you see, like... It's a game. It's, I, I bet it's going to be microtransactions or cosmetics. Yeah, because you, you can see, like, you, you see, like, Wally, like, guiding the player around and shit. So there's there's obviously some degree of tutorial required. So, and you have all these, like, pieces of furniture that you can place and you can get clothes. I would not be surprised if you didn't, like, get a little little guy that could follow you around or something, your little mascot character or whatever. Like, but no, this just looks like fucking as cynical as it gets, which is mm -hmm. not surprising considering it's Disney, the most cynical fucking company in the world and Game Loft, which is just like, like the, the wish.com of the video game production world. I can't imagine anything else other than this being like, Hey, Give me $60 and we'll give you this Toy Story themed, I don't know, fountain for your island. Yeah. People can come over to your island and see all the stupid shit that you spent money on. Which uh, brings the inevitable, awful, obvious next question. Where are the NFTs? When are they coming? <laughs> when are Disney NFTs coming? Because Disney's going to do it. NFTs. More like... NFD's nuts.
Uh, I think I cut out at the end. That's that's the level of quality people are expecting here on this podcast. <laughs> well, it's because of my fucking noise cancellation thing and the fact that I put so much emphasis on my S's to try to not have a lisp. So speaking of this podcast, I think we're done for this week. We have a couple of honorable mentions that I'm going to try to do in less than 30 seconds here. One of them is, hey, you all heard that Elon, Elon Shitlon Musk is buying Twitter. <laughs> What's you a funny name I can call Elon Musk? Uh, poop, Pooplon Tusk. Shitface. Shitface bought Twitter. We're going to get sued. <laughs> I don't like him. Then uh, what, do you, what else do you want us to say? Like, it's not like Twitter's doing great right now. Yeah, like... I literally can't get to Twitter on my PC because I have it blocked because I just don't want to associate with that platform. It's probably the healthier option. It's great. And then speaking of healthy options, Bioware employees are unionizing, which is always great. I am definitely pro-union. Good on them. They did it because they had shitty pay and they were being told to return to the office on a job that really doesn't require that. So good for them. I'm, I'm always happy to hear that. Hopefully they can make a good game next time. Oh... Oh, oh. So if uh, if you're sick and tired of software as a service models, just remember you could always uh, download Audacity at 3 a.m. and then download a copy of your friend's podcast theme and just do terrible things to it. Just ruin it. Just make it messy. Make it sloppy. Uh, just make sure you only download Audacity version 3.1 or older. All right, now it's... Uh, garbage uh because well, it's spyware isn't it yeah it's spyware <sighs> god i hate the world we live in right now so thank you everyone um beat the system i guess we, we could do better than this can't we only use linux on an original ibm thinkpad with a Liber bios installed on it Is that the ending? You're doing the recording. You have to end it. That's the ending.